Listener-supported KFUO, we are the messenger of good news. I'm Gary Duncan. You're listening to the Midday Moments program. It's time now for our moment in creation with Pastor Warren Worth of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Arnold. Hi, Pastor Worth. Hi, Gary. So today you want to talk about Genesis and the Gospel. That's what I'd like to talk about, Genesis and the Gospel, and uh, the inspiration for this. Wait a minute. The Genesis is at the beginning of the Bible. There's no Gospel there. (laughs) You hear people say that, don't you? Oh, yeah. We sometimes do hear people say that. But, you know, the gospel runs all the way from Genesis 1-1 all the way through the last verse of Revelation. Yeah, that's so true. And there's an intimate connection. Uh, You know, Genesis is foundational to all the rest of God's account of uh, salvation. And so it's really important that we get it right. And what really kind of was the inspiration for wanting to talk about it today is that now we're in the season of Lent, and if those who were in church this past Sunday, the first Sunday in Lent, whether your church uses the historic one-year lectionary or the three-year lectionary, Series A, both the Old Testament lesson and the Gospel lesson uh, correspond. So the Gospel lesson for the first Sunday in Lent is always the temptation of Christ. And here, uh, Matthew chapter 4, the temptation of Christ is the account that we heard in the Gospel reading for the day. And then the Old Testament lesson was Genesis 3, the temptation of Adam and Eve and the fall into sin, as well as the first promise of the coming of the Savior, who would be the seed of the woman who would crush the serpent's head. So, really, really important stuff. And then in the three-year lectionary, the epistle lesson was uh, Romans chapter 5, verses 12 and following, where Paul uh, points out that sin and death came into the world by one man, Adam, and so uh, likewise, uh, forgiveness and life and salvation came by the one man, Jesus Christ, who is the second Adam. So let's talk about that a little bit together. You know, there are lots of uh, churches, unfortunately, that have caved on the teaching of creation and what the Bible teaches in the first 11 chapters of the book of Genesis. Uh, And why is that? Is it because the Bible has changed or something's wrong with the Bible? No. The problem is man's ideas have interfered in the last... 100, 150 years or so, the idea of evolution has really taken hold in the academic world and the scientific world and in so much of the world around us that that people have this idea of millions and billions of years of evolution and that you know life started out from accident by an accident of uh, random uh, changes so that you had uh, a non-living matter suddenly giving rise to simple life and random changes in the genetic code acted upon by natural selection, resulted in more and more complex life until you get human beings. And with that story, you have death long before you have human beings. And that certainly doesn't agree with what the Bible says. And, you know, it's no accident that churches that caved and went ahead and were teaching evolution and millions of years, instead of sticking with what the Bible uh, teaches, have uh, caved in on other things as well. Because the devil doesn't play for small potatoes. When he tempts us and says, did God really say, as he did there in Genesis 3 with Eve, you know, he deceives people. He leads them astray from what God is teaching. And the 
the doctrine of creation may not seem a big deal, but ultimately what he's really after is trying to get you to doubt your faith in Jesus Christ who, as the Son of God, who died on the cross to pay for our sins, who rose bodily from the grave on the third day, and so forth. And, and the, the, these churches that have caved on... Uh, creation versus evolution, many of them have caved also on the gospel uh, as well. They have uh, denied that Jesus is true God. They've denied that he paid for our sin on the cross by his death as a sacrifice. Uh, they've denied that he rose bodily from the dead on the third day. Some churches have gone so far as they now worship a goddess. And it's like, wow, this is a big deal that that uh, they've gone that far astray. But it, see, it didn't start out with the devil tempting the churches to say, well, why don't you worship a goddess? Why don't you allow homosexuality? Why don't you allow abortion? No, no, it started back by the devil getting people to doubt and uh, teach false doctrine regarding the opening chapters of Genesis, which again are foundational for what the rest of the Bible has to teach us. And what does the Bible teach us? It teaches us, first of all, where we came from, that God created us, as he tells us there in Genesis, created the whole universe in six days. He created human beings, Adam and Eve, on day six of creation, and he created them as perfect individuals and put them in a perfect place in the perfect garden of paradise, Eden. And it was there that the devil tempted them and led them to fall into sin by disobeying God, by eating of the forbidden fruit. And and you see that that's when death came into the world. As Genesis reports that they sinned and therefore they died as God said they would. And in Romans chapter 5, that's what Paul says too. He says, by one man, uh, sin came into the world and death by sin. And so death has passed through to all people because all have sinned. And then he points at the solution. And that solution is in Jesus. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is our Savior, and he's the fulfillment of all the Old Testament promises of the coming of the Savior. And the first promise of the coming of the Savior is right there in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, where God promises that the seed of the woman would crush the serpent's head. And of course, Jesus is the seed of the woman, not only a biological descendant of Eve, but also seed of the woman in the sense that he was born of the Virgin Mary, right? And that uh, his perfect life was offered as a perfect sacrifice on Calvary's cross, and there where Satan was doing his most to try to destroy Jesus, sinking his fangs into Jesus, Jesus crushed the serpent's head by his uh, sacrificial death, by his victorious resurrection on the third day. Christ won salvation for us, salvation that is now received as we repent of our sins and believe in Jesus as our crucified and risen Savior from sin. So praise God that where sin did abound, there did grace much more abound. And once again, we want to see that intimate connection where, where we don't want to deny any of the foundational truths that are so intimately connected with what God tells us in the ultimate truth about our salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, His Son, our crucified and risen Savior. Can we have a prayer as we conclude our segment today? Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for your blessed word, which tells us not only of our creation and the tragic fall into sin, but especially uh, tells us how, how in Jesus you fulfilled all your gracious promises when you sent him to be our Savior, who was his, the seed of the woman, who crushed the serpent's head, born of the Virgin Mary. He died on the cross and rose again to give us eternal life. Work in our hearts repentance and faith so that we believe in Jesus as our Savior and trust his holy word from beginning to end. In his name we pray. 
Amen. Amen. Thanks, Pastor Worth, for being on the program today. My pleasure. This is listener-supported KFUO AM850 in the entire St. Louis region and here on 105.3 FM in St. Louis.